Takeoff 2022 is a go. Now presented by 72 Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. I think that administrative head coach role kind of fits me, so um, I may just figure that out one of these days. I'd be able to sleep in a lot longer. Um, yeah, I just I, it's, it's fun just to be able to watch the overall macro perspective and take it all in and not always be so consumed with play calls and things of that nature. That's Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, on giving up play calling duties for two series in the fourth quarter of the game. Why is everybody talking about this is because it was one of the big stories Storylines from the Cardinals preseason opener. Kyler Murray didn't play, wasn't in uniform, but he put on the headset and he called plays for two series in the fourth quarter. This is it was such a fascinating thing to watch because at the very beginning of the broadcast, right before the opening kickoff, the camera was on Cliff Kingsbury, and you see him walk down to the sidelines to Kyler Murray, who's standing there smiling, and Cliff mentions put in a put in an earphone, put in a headset. And Kyler's like, What? And the guy comes over and they they fitted him with, with an earpiece and all that. Basically, stay involved. Mm-hmm. Not only watch what's happening, but listen and process the calls and all that. And I'm like, wow. A, 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 that right there was a sign that a lot of the coddling might be over, if you will. It was, no, this is what you should be doing. And then at the end of the game, when when it, it became apparent that they were going to ask him to call plays, it, that was quite a scene as well. And now today, it's funny, because Kyler's getting ripped for being a terrible play caller. Because the Cardinal <laughs> offense scored 36 points until he started calling plays. <laughs> and, and so a lot of people are, are asking, what what is that all about? And, and I think that... Um, I, I, I think Cliff Kingsbury was being half serious in training camp when he said, listen, it's it's kind of, hey, you think this stuff's easy. Check this out. See what this is all about. Which a lot of people thought he was, you know, taking a shot at Kyler Murray. Right. It was good-natured ribbing between coach exactly. and quarterback. It was kind of the vibe between those two guys. Yeah. It was good-natured ribbing. Exactly. And and so, but I think that there's also an element of, okay, listen, e- e- communicating, you've got to get better at it. So you've got to get better and cleaner at barking out a play call. So here's a good way to practice. And here's here's a good way to, to kind of interpret some of this. And, and I just to stay involved and engaged with everybody. So I thought that was a cool thing. And and I was impressed that they had that that they did that. Yeah, I was, clearly he was not real comfortable with it at first. You could tell. Oh yeah, he, he didn't wanted to run and hide. He well, didn't want to be. You could tell. Even just working the equipment, Cliff Kingsbury showing him like this is the knob. This is where you you know push this, the button to talk. It's the button if you want to talk to the coaches. Push, because push they this have one. You want to get to the quarterbacks here. This one different communication systems for practice as you than you do in the game. Right. Obviously, so there was a learning curve there. Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury also talked about the benefit of having Kyler call some plays. Yeah, what I found is you know they'll call their favorite plays and sometimes they're not um, that open to tell you, hey coach, I don't like this, but I love this. And um, when they believe in a play and, and call it on their own, they usually find a way to make it work. And, and that's always been my belief since I started coaching quarterbacks. And how many were called? Uh, looked about six. I think we went three and out on both of them. So <laughs> less than I anticipated. <laughs>
Yeah. I yeah. mean, there was uh, th- there was something to be said for that. Well, uh, if you look at the Cardinals' possessions uh, in the first three quarters, 79-61, 75-64, those were some of their drives. And then the uh, two that Kyler Murray was in charge of, negative eight and eight. <laughs> the, um, one of the things that was very interesting, especially with Trace McSorley for the first half, was just watching how many times he was up under center, running mm-hmm. play actions, running bootlegs. He's very comfortable doing that. Kyler, I'm not sure if he's comfortable. Again, it's that whole turning your back on a defense thing. He's never done it. And for a player who's in so much into self-preservation, it's a little unnerving. Trace McSorley had no issues with it. it and, and the Cardinals' offense was crackling with that element involved. It was, yeah, and and yeah. and Wolf pointed it out on the television broadcast several times. And how many more options you have, uh, how many more looks you can present uh, from from a, a quarterback under center? Yeah, um, look, you mentioned this earlier, and we haven't seen much from Kyler Murray, the football player, for a number of different reasons in this preseason. Mm-hmm. There was the wrist issue, there was the bout with COVID. Um, you know, in the preseason game, he, he doesn't play. He's calling plays. You know, both of the big open practices that they've had on Saturdays, Kyler Murray wasn't available for, for either one of those. But we have seen a lot from Kyler Murray. And you mentioned even just a simple, you know, getting the water for teammates, carrying a couple t- uh, cups of water yeah. over to, um, to the bench. It looks, I hope this is not just a temporary. Kyler Murray, you know, he got his contract. He's making everybody happy. I hope this is the way he operates. You know, dealing with the fans. He signed autographs. He got yes. that, that jersey for that kid. Not yes. only that, but invited the kid on the field and, and presented it to him in mm-hmm. person. Um, calling plays, having fun with it. He he looks, he, and I know it's preseason, and it, it's a very low-pressure situation for a guy like him. He knows he's the starting quarterback, and he knows he got paid. But it looks like a weight's been lifted from his shoulder. Yeah, I know it really does. I, I think that he is just, um, I, I, yeah, I do. I think he's growing up. I think that, I, I think a lot of things about that. I'm not going to waste my time being a dime store psychologist on this, but I, I do think that he's growing up before our very eyes. And, and I think it just proof that some kids, they, they grow up slower than others. And, and I'm, I'm very comfortable in this version of Kyler Murray that I'm seeing right now. Uh, I'll, it, you, you have to wonder at what point in time, how many reps do you need? Uh, is he going to be fully ready? I, I'm not all that concerned about it, but the off, the other stuff, like you mentioned, I'm, I'm real excited about, really, because it does look like he's trying, and it does look like he's coming out of his shell a little bit. When they told the story of, of that dude, I forget his name, who did the Kyler Murray Im- impression. Manny Jones, who yeah, made right. some plays, by oh, the he way. He was good. Yeah, <laughs> he was good yesterday. So it was Manny who did it. That's right. So... In in hearing people recount that story, the idea that people were looking back over their shoulders, seeing how Kyler was receiving it, was interesting to me. But the fact that a teammate even felt comfortable goofing on him is a great sign. Oh, yeah. Great sign. When you can roll with that? Yeah. When you, right. If yep. you, when you got a guy you know that can roll with that kind of stuff, now you got something good. Yeah. Coming up next, more on the Cardinals preseason win at Cincinnati. A breakout performance by a couple of receivers. We'll get into that and more next. Big Lee Morata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Zones and Home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Take off 2022 with Bigley and Murata. 
was called. I think um, our biggest deal with with Dorch is just to continue to fine tune his game, understand the scheme consistently, day in day out, execute the plays, and, and um, really master the system. Because I mean, when he knows what he's doing and he gets an opportunity to make a play, he, he usually does. Cliff Kingsbury commenting on the play of Greg Dorch. Go ahead. <laughs> what a dorch! What a dorch! Somebody, one of our listeners, set the over/under on eight and a half. I think we're already at I six. We, yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, uh, I tweeted that uh-huh. after he made a play. It got 132 likes. You tweet on Cardinals games, man. Your Twitter oh, man. blows up. <laughs> Not as much. Suns were the uh, the absolute most, but Cardinals, yeah. Um, Greg Dortch in that game targeted eight times, four catches, 53 yards. Also uh, was the punt returner. Had a very uh, nice-looking 55-yard punt return. Um, and he's a guy that has been talked about pretty much after every practice of training camp. Who mm-hmm. stood out? Greg Dortch. Who stood out in, in the game? Greg mm-hmm. Dortch stood out, among mm-hmm. others. But um, he's going to make it real tough, I think, uh, for the Arizona Cardinals decision makers I, to say goodbye to him. I think he's going to make the team, personally. Uh, but Andy Isabella flashed too a little bit. So I so I think that, that that's kind of interesting to me. Uh, Greg Dortch has been he's been, from, from all accounts, he's been really good from day one, from the get-gate. And so that's 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 looks like the kind of guy whose light has gone on and now he wants it badly. Uh, that one catch he made, the twisting catch, that was sensational concentration. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm I'm a fan of this guy. He 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 cracked a big punt return, so I think he can give you something in special teams. I think dude has made the team. Um, I may be wrong on that. I think unfortunately one of the bad. Parts of the game was the injury to uh, Andre Bocelli, um, who also was putting forth a decent camp. And I don't know how severe that is, but that that you know sometimes sometimes natural selection helps you thin out the herd, if you will, in training camp. A little bit. It's one of the unfortunate yeah, byproducts really of training yeah. camp and preseason football. But Dort's got a little dinged up too. Cliff Kingsbury offered a very short uh, update on that. I think he's okay. I'll have to check and see, but I think he'll he'll be fine. Yeah, he he got. Shaken up and actually came back in the game after that, so it didn't look all that serious. The Bocelli thing didn't look great. No. The way the way he exited the field, and I haven't seen an update on on Andre Bocelli, who was another guy that was trying to make a push. Um, and you know the 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 odds were against him, but a guy that stuck around on the practice squad for most of last year. Now again, so I yeah, so I think there's there's a lot of that. So how they divide up these skill players is going to be fascinating to me because you've got an issue at running back. And these are good problems. So shut up, Jared. These are really good problems to have. Mm-hmm. So you've got five running backs you might be uh, incentivized to keep. You've got three quarterbacks you like. And you've got a couple of guys who flashed at wide receiver. And you would have to think this is last chance cafe for Andy Isabella. Have you ever seen this guy, Jared, Andy Isabella? <laughs> on the practice field, but not on right, the games. Right. No, I haven't seen him. Yeah. So, 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 to, me, so to me, when you, when you start talking about a team that, that really seems to need some more oomph on defense, how crazy can you get on on just keeping loads of offensive players? It's it's a fascinating dilemma because and I'm getting ahead of myself, but after after Cardinal fans saw Trace McSorley on Friday, I would assume that people are, want to see more of that to see if that is legit. Well, they've kept three quarterbacks each of the last two seasons, so that's something to keep in mind. Uh, well, can you, know, we you talk- do that and keep five running backs? Maybe not. Unless 
Yeah. You know, okay. you know Jonathan Ward and Eno Benjamin play on special teams, so that you know checks, right. a, checks a box for them. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice. Uh, I'd have to check the, the snap count to see if uh, Keontae Ingram's playing on special teams. But Yeah, I, it I, sounds I, hardcore. Keontae Ingram, I, I like the way he ran the ball. Now, again, that's mostly in the second half, and you don't know who you're going up against. But, yeah, it's... <laughs> It, it, he'd be a good practice squad. It, he'd be a good guy to cover the rest of a camp and then just try to slide him onto the practice squad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seventh-round pick, um, you, you don't like to cut your draft picks. I get it. Uh, the numbers might be against Keontae Ingram, depending on how many they keep. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, but it's a good it's a good issue to yes. have coming out of week one. But Isabella, we haven't mentioned either. You know, d- He did have the most yards in the game, 57 yards on four catches. And two of the throws that went his way weren't complete, but he he drew two pass interference flags too, and for as much ribbing and you know as much fun has been poked at Andy Isabella for how his career has gone after being a second round pick, he still has one very usable, marketable skill. That's right. He's fast as hell. And you know what it's, it seemed like? This is just a surface observation. It almost seemed like people had forgotten how fast he was. It seemed like his speed caught the Bengals by surprise. Because he has uh, on, on one of those routes, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I still don't trust him to catch the ball, to be well, quite honest there, with you. There was a play. It was either the first or second time they threw to him, and it was one of his over-his-shoulder yeah, plays. He's that not, he, it, and yeah. it wound up being pass interference, mm-hmm. but in real time, you're like, he's like going like this, like looking right. around for the ball, and like doesn't. bounces off his like, right. Right. head. But I know, yeah, you still don't trust him on anything other than like I'm sorry. I just, I Come did, on, Jared. It didn't bounce off his head, and the I defender know. made a play and knocked <laughs> his arm away. Bounced off his hand. I said in, in real time. But he had another drop later that was it was also a contested play, but it's and again they, they weren't necessarily negative plays from Andy Isabella. It just I, I got to say I, he's you said it at the best. He's got one real quantifiable, marketable skill. Mm-hmm. We can run really fast. Yeah. But if you go back to his, I mean, I know it's years ago now, but his college stats says last year at UMass. He caught a lot of balls, mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know it's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, if it comes down to Isabella or Dorch. Oh, I'm going Greg Dorch all day long. Probably, but again, long. do you want to cut ties with a with a second round pick in the last? I mean, going into his fourth year. What has he brought you in? At a certain those point, yeah, yeah, at a certain, that's probably past yeah. the the right. point of usefulness. Right, exactly. I think they've taken enough criti- I think that criticism is that they've already received max criticism on Andy Isabella. Yeah, they yes. they so might we call that a sunk cost, my friend. Yeah, right. So. That's right. That's exactly what it is. They might not have to make that decision. Until maybe DeAndre Hopkins comes back, like they might get away with getting to keep both of them at least for the first few weeks because they have an extra wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. So maybe they won't really have to make that decision. But yeah, on the uh, defensive side of the ball, one of the standouts was another late round draft pick, Victor Demukeji. Got uh, after the quarterback had two sacks on the night. The first one, it was I think it was a play action pass. You know, I felt them, um, you know, attack me, and then I felt them leaning. So I just I got off. You know, I hit him with a club, um, clubbed his outside hand and got to the quarterback. And the second one, it was two minutes. And, um, you know, when it's two minutes, I know it's time to, you know, pin my ears back and go. So I just I just had to go. I had to, I just started rushing. You know, I had a plan for him. You know, hit him with power, get him leaning, and then get uh, get his outside hand, you know, stab club. Um, that's one of my go-to. So I feel like I was able to execute those. Right. Credit to Victor for using my favorite phrase in all the sports. Pin my ears back. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, that would hurt, wouldn't it? Those pins out of my ears. Yeah, <laughs> but he he looked really really good. 
uh, in that ball game. And again, yeah, for a, for a guy for a position that has some uncertainty, who's going to step up? Who's going to be the guy? If you can get a young guy like him to 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 be engaged. Yeah, I mean, he could be part of the rotation there. What what concerned me is that uh, the two guys we focused on defense uh, that needed to perform well mm-hmm. did not perform well. Zayvon Collins did not pop at all. As Wolf pointed out, he got swallowed up by an offensive lineman using terrible technique. And then you've got uh, the story of Marco Wilson, who had a, an early flag for holding, which was not accepted because the pass was complete anyways. But the, the, the thing I was... Um, enthused by was I Josh Jackson made a very nice play and, and you can see that kid is full of talent if he could ever just harness it all and then this Christian Matthew kid from Valdosta State or wherever mm-hmm. yeah. he played pretty good now again I don't know who he's, who he's checking but the beauty about Josh Jackson is you could just I could just pull all your stuff about Josh Jackson the son and you could use the same thing full of all this talent you just yeah. gotta figure out how to harness it yeah right <laughs> I don't think this Josh Jackson of the Cardinals would leave, you know, yeah. autograph seekers People standing in line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> James Jones Necessitating Steve Kime to go buy yeah. beer for everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> coming up next, we hit the big stories of the day through the Rush Hour Reboot with Sarah Cazell. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings live from the Akshan Community Studios. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Welcome on into the Rush Hour Reboot, everyone, here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I am Sarah Cazell, taking you through the top stories of the day, as we do every single day at 7.30, with Dan Bickley. Hey! Vince Murata. Vibes. I'm running out of stuff. Vibes. Vibes. Vibes, not mid. Jarrett Carlin. Holy crap, is this boring? (laughs) Hey, this is not going to be boring. It is a great Monday to be an Arizona sports fan. The Cardinals won, the D-backs are surging, the Mercury are in the playoffs, and it's the start of the Phoenix Children's Hospital Give-A-Thon. That is always a good week here in the Valley. So let's start with the Arizona Cardinals, guys. They kicked off their three-game preseason slate on Friday in Cincinnati, and it was a win, 36-23 over the Bengals. Trace McSorley swept. Waggie Trace McSorley completed 13 of 22 pass attempts for 163 yards and a touchdown. He also ran the ball four times for 32 yards. Here is the Cardinals head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, summing up what he saw in Cincy. You know, anytime you get, get out of preseason healthy and, and can play a clean game with substitutions, penalties, um, no turnovers, I thought that was uh, what we wanted out of it. Um, long way to go. A lot of stuff we got to get better at, but uh, we preached playing clean, and uh, I thought we did that for the most part. Okay, Bick, in the opening seconds of the show today, yeah. you said, and I don't think it was tongue-in-cheek, that you have never seen such compelling preseason football. I I don't know if the football was that compelling, but I, I, I've never felt more compelled to it. Okay. And I think it's just because there's so many storylines in the NFL, and it's been such a wacky offseason, and there's just, I don't know, it, I just think we're, we're on the brink of a real... Real high-powered kind of football season. Okay. So let's start with individual performances. Most positive standout in Friday's game and most negative standout in Friday's game. 
Uh, for me, the positives, uh, we've listed some of them already. Trace McSorley for, for Swaggy T, as I think we should start calling him. <laughs> Swaggy T, was uh, he was sensational in grabbing that opportunity and just kind of showing how comfortable he is leading a football team. He's a third-string quarterback, so you don't want to get too goofy about that. But if you're talking about some of the other performances, the fact the zero turnovers and the no penalties until late in the game, two total, those are two things that, that I that you can really hang your hat on, if you will, because that looks like a clean operation. I'm going to go most positive because, and doing this considering potential contributions from these players in the regular season, I'm going to go Victor Dimukeji one. Maybe Greg Dortch, too. What uh, a, negatives. What yeah, we, a Dortch. We talked about Zayvon Collins and Marco Wilson have to be on that list right now. <laughs> because, you know, they were on the on the field to start the game. And if you did notice them, it was not for positive reasons. Right, right, right. All right, let's move on to baseball. The Diamondbacks, they're getting hot, guys. Huh? They've won six of their last eight now. They've won their last three series, uh, including over the weekend. They took two out of three from the Rockies in Denver. Yesterday's win marked win number 53 on the season, so they have already surpassed last year's win total. 52 wins last season, 53 this year, and they have 48 games left. Here is Christian Walker, who had a really nice day yesterday. Uh, after yesterday's game, he spoke with Todd Walsh of Bally Sports Arizona. You know, it's hard to put your finger on one thing, and you don't want to compare yourself to last year. It's almost, you know, playing with handcuffs on a little bit, but in the same sense, I think it's good to, to look back and acknowledge, you know, you know where we were and, and how far we've come and um, you know if nothing else just being able to trust our process through those results you know what we're doing is 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 working it's better it's in the right direction but there's always room to grow so you know just just building on yesterday and you know obviously tomorrow is going to be building on today and just being one percent better every day all right, the Diamondbacks right now are 10 games out of a wild card spot in the NL. They're sitting uh, fourth in the NL West at the moment, but within striking distance of the San Francisco Giants, whom they start a four-game series with tonight. And then, uh, who knows about the Padres? We'll get to them in a second. Uh, but focusing on the Diamondbacks first, just how encouraging has their play been to you lately? And what do you think this surge says about the future for Tori Lovello? Yeah, this is, uh, well, I think, I, I don't think Tori's been really, I don't I don't think he's under any any um, pressure to lose his job or anything like that. But here's what strikes me about this baseball team: as some of these young kids have started to get comfortable, uh, there's been an identity that is starting to form with this baseball team. And if you've been watching them, you, you can kind of see it. That they, they, they're fast. Their speed is a weapon, and they figured that out. And they're they're playing small ball. They're bunting a lot. They're exposing shifts by bunting a lot. Christian Walker si- silently is having an excellent season mm-hmm. um, for the perspective of Christian Walker. And I think that you, at this point in time, you've got two guys who are pitching at an elite level in Zach Gallen um, and, and Merrill Kelly. Woogie. So I so I think I think you get that you get this identity on they've been fairly consistent at generating offense even though they don't have a ton of extra bases or home runs. Yeah, some good looking defense. Good looking defense. Yeah, so I, I've actually been kind of impressed, man. I've been impressed too. Um, and when you consider what what's happened the last two seasons, the Diamondbacks had the worst record in baseball each of the last two seasons, uh, tied with the Baltimore Orioles in both. The Orioles are actually right in the thick of a wild card race in the American League right now, and the D-backs are there. So, I mean, if you want to 
stack it up against what Baltimore's done, maybe not as impressive. A D-backs Orioles World Series? Is yeah. that what he's saying, Jared? 2027. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Carlin household it would good, be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to throw Tommy Henry into the mix, too. Yeah. Again, we talked to Derek Hall last week, and I think I used the phrase, he looks like he belongs, and he mm-hmm. really does look like he belongs. Yeah. He got a nice cushion to work with mm-hmm. yesterday, and I think that gave him some comfort. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun team. And Bick hit on, uh, I think, maybe the biggest point is the way they're playing right now. Uh, they are exploiting their weak, or their their strengths, yeah. uh, and that is team speed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, quickly, we got to get in this news that dropped on Friday after our show. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Oh. not oh, returning. He was supposed to be back about two weeks from now from that wrist break, and now he's facing an 80-game suspension for PEDs. He tested positive reportedly for close to ball, which he claims was a treatment for ringworm. Oh, of course. So he See, would rather say, about. I have ringworm. <laughs> then, sorry, I was trying to cheat. Again, it's it, the next time somebody tests positive and gets banned and, and admits it'll be the first. Right, um, exactly. I, I, as somebody who really loved Fernando Tatis Jr.'s swag when he came up, this has been so moronic what he's done to this. He, he got injured in what people are saying was a motorcycle accident yes. in yeah. the offseason. Mm-hmm. She still has an own. Yeah, and then and then to create all this hope about your your return is going to be the key to all of this. The Padres, if you look to the way some of the Padre teammates have reacted to him, they've had it with him. Oh, and the yeah. the GM, too. Oh, AJ yeah. AJ Preller did not They're basically words. saying, grow up, dude. Yeah. It's the perfect thing for him to test positive for because in his career, every time he gets close to the ball, something else happens. Oh, <laughs> Eric. Wow. <laughs> Tune in Friday mornings at 9.30. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I guess wow. maybe buyer's remorse happening in San Diego. Yeah, now that might be what buyer's remorse. 14-year deal, and that's that's the way you're going to repay this team? Ugh. Riding motorcycles and taking close to ball? Getting I just like saying close to ball. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. We're all Thanks, rebooted. Rush uh, Hour Reboot every morning at 7.30 with uh, Sarah Cazell. We continue. Give-a-thon week for Phoenix Children's, presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Auction Indian community next. Typically in Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station in the Arizona Sports app. Give-a-thon on the Bigley and Murata Show. Yep, Giveathon Week is here for Phoenix Children's, presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers, Akshin Indian Community. We are off to a good start, and if you're uh, familiar with uh, what we do every year for Phoenix Children's, welcome back. Hope you can help us out. If you're new to it, uh, we basically take a week uh, in August, and uh, we focus very greatly on raising funds for Phoenix Children's because of what it means to our community. Uh, I've got two kids. They're uh, you know they're getting older now, 16 and 26, but uh, at certain points of their life, they've both been patients at Phoenix Children's for different reasons. Uh, and I know a lot of people have that same that same experience, Bick. But uh, even if you ha- have kids and you haven't had to, you know 
have them be a patient at, at Phoenix Children's for any reason. The reassurance that a world-class facility like Phoenix Children's is in our own neighborhood goes a long, long way. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, and recently, you and I, uh, we went over to Phoenix Children's and, and we kind of took a visit and we brought teddy bears to uh, to a couple of children who were in Phoenix Children's. And, and I want to give you the range of, of kind of what we saw here mm-hmm. because you were right there with me and Vinny and I walked in to a room with a little girl who was really happy and she was sitting there doing puzzles and her parents were so so happy. They were about to go home, so they were in a great headspace, and and her parents were just raving about Phoenix Children's. In fact, uh, one of the the persons who were leading us on the tour, they were saying, how do we donate? How do we give back to this unbelievable place? And the gratitude that they felt for Phoenix Children's was unbelievable. And then, as Vinny mentioned, we went into the room of a little girl. And her name was Chloe, and uh, she had scoliosis, and she was um, kind of hooked up to a halo contraption to kind of straighten out her spine, and she was in a terrible mood. And I saw something that day that I have never been able to get out of my head since. There were some toys in the room. She had a she had a doll on a chair, and and she had like a toy axe. And she was in such a bad mood that she picked up this toy axe and she started hacking at the doll. And it was such a powerful, awful scene uh, uh, about what her mindset was and what her state of mind was. And, and her mom, you could see, you could see the weight of the world on her shoulders. And and this is this is why we're doing this. This is why our community rallies around this. Because as Vinny said, if if you don't have any experience with your child in Phoenix Children's, consider yourself very very fortunate. If you go there and you spend time there, you you, you see the struggle, and you you see what people are going through, and and how taxing and trying it is and and well, this not is just a, the patients but the families yeah too. Well, that's what i'm saying because yeah. the kids are very very resilient mm-hmm. but it's the parents that wear it and and this is a chance for all of our listeners and for all of the station's listeners to help yeah and we're to asking, help those families who need it so badly and how you can help is become a champion of hope twenty dollars per month uh, by calling the desert financial phone bank at 602-933-4567 that uh, twenty dollars per month goes a long way. Uh, also, when you do that, become a champion of hope. A teddy bear, one of, one of the teddy bears that Bick mentioned, will be delivered to a patient in your name, and you also receive uh, your choice of a kid's pass at Wildlife World Zoo or a uh, cobblestone car wash. Again, the phone number 602-933-4567. That's 602-933-4567. Uh, we've got a check presentation to get to from our friends at the Arizona Coyotes. Hello, this is Javier Gutierrez, the president and CEO of the Arizona Coyotes. Why is Phoenix Children so important? It's because of what they do for our community, what they do for families, and what they do for these young children who are facing some just incredible obstacles uh, due to their health. For us at the Coyotes, we have been so honored and so proud to be their partner for over 25 years and having raised over a million dollars in total for Phoenix children, for their families uh, that come to this incredible facility from around the world to see if there is an opportunity to have their young children be better and do better. These incredible doctors, nurses, all the staff at Phoenix Children are just so incredible. 
so wonderful. And that's why we're honored to be, have been a partner for so many years. On behalf of the Arizona Coyotes, we would like to donate $10,000 to Phoenix Children's so that they continue the incredible and transformative work that they are doing in the lives of so many. Nicely wow, done. Thank you. Yeah, nicely done. Transformative work. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, that is a gr- perfect way to put it. Thanks again to uh, Javier Gutierrez, the entire Coyotes organization, for their unbelievable $10,000 uh, donation. Uh, and we couple that with what... Um, the, the the train donation from the first hour, $6,500. we are off to a good start, Vic. You can uh, help out. You can become a champion of hope. $20 per month uh, by calling 602-933-4567, where our volunteers are standing by in the Desert Financial Phone Bank. 602-933-4567. It's time for uh, another story of hope presented by Madame Holmes. Uh, just two weeks before his second birthday, Lucas was airlifted to Phoenix Children's in critical condition after an accident in the swimming pool at his family's home. Despite the best efforts of his care team at Phoenix Children, he passed away after several days on life support. This is Lucas's story. I know for me, I thought it it couldn't ever happen to me. Like, this isn't going to happen to me. As parents, Anthony and I, we see things different. And um, to be just aware of, I mean, not live in fear, but just be aware that it can it can happen. The moment when I, when I got the call, my son um, had an accident. We had a, a lot of amazing doctors and nurses, and we have an amazing grief counselor through Phoenix Children's Hospital, Amanda Grace, the music therapist who helped our two daughters through the passing of their brother. A lot of gratefulness, too, for Phoenix Children's and all that they continue to do for the four of us. The comfort for me was having first responders there. Um, it's really given me uh, an appreciation, respect. They're superheroes. And then those out of Phoenix Children's, the strength they have, because um, we're not strong in that. We speak with Amanda just about every other week. When we first started meeting with her, the grief was intense and something we never thought that we would go through. So it was very dark, it felt like, and very lonely. And Amanda just helped us, helped us understand what we were going through and that it was okay what we were going through and how to honor him and remember him to where now that we, you know, we can see light at the end of the tunnel. We even got to go to a um, remembrance for any families who had lost children. And it was incredible for us to go and know that, I mean, because when you lose your child, you feel very alone, but you're not. To know that you're not alone was so helpful. Phoenix Children's put that on. You expect to leave a hospital with your baby, you know, in hand. And I told Anna Sarah when we had that news, we were gathering their belongings, not our son. We birthed him to heaven. We need to hold our head up high and honor everyone that gave their best. Because this is what is best. Oh, 
heartbreaking. Yeah. But we thank uh, Lucas's family for sharing their experience and, and the hope they were able to receive from the great people at Phoenix Children's, and that's part of uh, part of what they do. It's uh, yeah. you know uh, it, you know, and a lot of these stories have happy endings. No, they that don't. one does not. But uh, Phoenix Children's is here for us in the community, and you can help out by becoming a champion of hope. Twenty dollars per month, and get a teddy bear into the hands of a patient at Phoenix Children's. Uh, how do you do that? You call the Desert Financial Phone Bank right now at 602-933-4567. That's 602-933-4567. And there's so many programs that are, you know, funded solely by philanthropy. Uh, and oh, that's yeah. people in the community like you, like the One Darn Cool School. we got time to get into these as the week goes on. But uh, the Child Life Zone, the Emily Center Family Health Library, all operate due to your donations. And uh, you can help out by, again, becoming a champion of hope. $20 per month, 602-933-4567. That music means we are in a match. So if you call and donate $20 a month, that becomes $40 a month. You can make your donation count twice as much thanks to Spirit Halloween Superstores. They are sponsoring this match right now. So, again, make it count double. 602-933-4567 is the phone number. That's 602-933-4567. And if you're in a situation where you can give more than $20 a month, by all means, we'll welcome that as well. And again, uh, through the commercial break, that uh, will be matched by Spirit Halloween Superstores. And there goes that Teddy Bear Express. And you can, uh, again, have a teddy bear delivered in your name to a patient at Phoenix Children's by becoming a champion of hope, just $20 per month, 602-933-4567. It is Giveathon Week for Phoenix Children's. It's presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and Ak-Chin Indian community.